What's up, freaks? It's your boy Marty here to introduce this episode of Tales from the Crypt. Matt and I had the immense pleasure of sitting down with good friend Max Keaton from Huddle Huddle to talk about the the launch of their uh, non-custodial loan product that they just launched yesterday. Uh, really great conversation. Uh, covered a bunch of topics, including how the product works, uh, how it compares to similar products on DeFi, how it compares to similar products uh, in the Bitcoin world, uh, some of the centralized products, uh, as well as uh, more liquid talk in this podcast, talked RGB a little bit, uh, very wild integrations, a bunch of stuff. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. Before you hear it, i got to let you know this episode is brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. You already know all about them. All right, they're helping you stack sats, sats, sats. I messed up there. They're helping you stack sats, send sats, receive sats, and sell sats. And we're saying sats, 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 because sats are the standard on the app. Uh, and if you listened to RHR last night, uh, you would know that you can DCA into sats uh, daily, weekly, bi-weekly. And if you want to front-run Matt O'Dell, you're going to have to wake up uh, at 4.30 a.m. East Coast time uh, and set a daily stack so you can front-run him. He's trying to front-run the U.S. market uh, on Cash App at 5 a.m. every morning. We are trying to actively front-run Matt O'Dell. Uh, I'm going to make it a point to do that myself. So I'm going to set my alarm clock for 4.15 tomorrow. Get up early. Uh, go to bed early tonight. Get up early and front-run our boy Matt on the Cash App. Uh, you can do that. That's great. On top of that, they have other products as well, including Cash App Investing, which lets you stock, stock, Stack slivers of stonks. If you have a favorite stonk, if you're into the stonk market and you're stacking stonks uh, and your favorite stonk's a little too expensive, you can buy as little as $1 via Cash App Investing. On top of that, they're allowing you to direct deposit paychecks into the app. It's basically a new bank. You get an account number and a routing number. And you can use the Cash App as your bank. They have their boost program, which allows you to go to partner merchants uh, and, excuse me, and uh, save money. You hit the boost, you go shop at the merchant and you get uh, you get a certain percentage or dollar amount off depending on what the particular boost is at any given point in time cash app's building an incredible product very proud to have them as a sponsor so if you have not downloaded the app yet please make sure when you do you use the code stacking sats that's s-t-a-c-k-i-n-g-s-a-t-s you're going to get ten dollars and ten dollars going to go to our good friends at owls lacrosse that's owls lacrosse whoo 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 enjoy this rip great conversation max is incredible dude hot hot is an incredible team and product uh very excited to see what they bring to market as we move forward into the future enjoy you've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free if you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. We've got an early morning coffee rip here where I am. Uh, our guest, it's not early morning there. Our guest is coming all the way to us from Latvia. We're sitting down with Max Keaton from Hoddle Hoddle. 
just released a hot new product. We're here to talk all about it. Max, how the hell are you doing? Um, we're doing fine. Sub freaks, as you say. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm happy to be here again. It's the second time. Uh, the first one was we were drinking just uh, before the Christmas, I think, two years ago, and, and discussing huddle huddle stuff. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, we uh, at Bitcoin 2019, we also were able to meet in person at a vineyard. That was a great yeah, day as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and then Baltic Honey Badger, I think. Uh, at, at least uh, at least Matt was there. We switched uh, off. As far as I remember. Marty was at 2018. I was at 2019. And hopefully yeah. we'll both be at 2021. Yeah, hopefully. And also, Marty, we had a pleasure uh, to go to Napa Valley, I think, for yeah. wine drinking. Yeah. That was... Uh, uh, was I was hoping actually to see multiple wineries, but in fact, it, it, it ended with multiple wine bottles in one place. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, really great experience so far. I really enjoyed that trip. Um, that was a fun yeah. one. Well, we uh, we mentioned Baltic Honey Badger, and right before we hit record, you're telling us that actually yeah. not being able to throw it this year uh, allowed you guys to get this product out pretty quickly. So, what's your year? What's your year been like? Why did you decide to build this product? And you're saying it's been a, it's been a bang up first day. Well, actually, we had this idea like uh, since last year. We understood that there's a, you can use the same multisig tech that we're using in trading and prediction markets for lending contracts. And uh, we saw that there's uh, multiple uh, DeFi products built on top of Ethereum with lending, uh, like with, with lending in mind. Um, I'm still not a big fan of Ethereum stuff, but uh, I think that you can learn a lot in terms of ideas and uh, maybe even bad experience or good experience something like that so i i'm still bitcoin maxi but uh, anyway we thought that it should be a good thing then uh, i read uh, in this winter i read uh, the bitcoin reformation by tour de mister uh, he specifically mentioned then there that bitcoin is a pretty solid liquid collateral which is obvious the fact because you know in in many lending traditional lending you have real estate you have cars you have all that weird stuff that is not liquid you need to go and sell it well with bitcoin it's pretty obvious you can go to any exchange or any trading platform and sell it pretty quickly uh, so it's good collateral and then i saw uh, the tweet by matt uh, where he described his uh, uh, how would I say? Um, displeasure? Frustration? Displeasure with block fee. And uh, I understand, well, there's actually, there's a lot of centralized custodial lenders in Bitcoin. And obviously the market is booming. Uh, but there's no peer-to-peer non-custodial uh, lending platforms. And I honestly think that in terms of lending, peer-to-peer can be way more effective, way more user-friendly, and actually better than the centralized and custodial lending. So yeah, that's that was the general idea. We started building this product in the beginning of this year. Uh, what I did tell you that if we would uh, do Baltic Honey Badger this year, then most probably we would postpone the launch of this product because like Honey Badger 
it's a great event. Everyone likes it. Uh, I like it personally, although I hate it two weeks before and two <laughs> weeks after that. <laughs> but I love it personally. I love meeting people. I love the vibe. But uh, it takes so much time and uh, resources. So I highly doubt that we would be able to, rece- to release the landing platform like we did it yesterday, obviously. Uh, and um, I think if we would do a multi-county measure, then most probably we would do release the landing platform next January, something like that. So for us, it's like we are disappointed that we didn't do a conference this year. But, um, well, we have a solid product now, and uh, I'm pretty excited about that. And, yeah, again, the, the market uh, reaction was pretty crazy because, like, as I mentioned, before that it's 24 hours since the launch we already have half a million of liquidity available on the platform uh and we already have multiple loans issued uh on on the platform so people are peer-to-peer lending and borrowing now so i mean i think this could become like your most successful product pretty quickly would you would you agree Uh, i'm actually a bit uh bit uh worried that this landing stuff could cannibalize the trading part that we have and prediction markets uh, because we've put, we've, we've put so much effort to that. We hired a special UI UX designer. If you will go like currently US is not available, but as I, I've already showed to some extent will be available in a few weeks from now, but you can go to the testnet version. You can go and try to create an offer and you will see how simple is that that is. We did a pretty extensive market research trying to lend and borrow on centralized platform. We did a comparison with it, how they work, how they do. And it's like, it not only, you know, the peer-to-peer wipe and not doing KYC and being non-custodial. No, no it's actually in terms of UI, UX, it's way more simpler than using centralized platform. Like 10 times simpler, I think. So let's jump in and walk through the product how yeah. how does a lender and a borrower borrower uh how do they meet in the marketplace what do they need to do to number one give a loan and then receive a loan yeah how is yeah. hoddle how, how's hoddle involved and then uh really interested to learn about the particular stable coins that you guys decide to to work with as well yeah, so I will start with the fi- with the last question about the stable coins. So we decided to choose seven stable coins. Uh, well, obviously there's four types of USDT because it's the most liquid stable coin. We have USDT on Omni, on Tron, on Ethereum, and on Liquid. And we have uh, Dai, we have USDC, and we have Pax, Pax, Paxos or Pax. Yeah. Uh, we did choose them because they're most liquid and they have a higher capitalization comparing to others. And they're actually traded on multiple different solid platforms. We take the price feed from these platforms and uh, that's why we choose them. So how the process works? Uh, well, let's say you are lender, I'm a borrower. Uh, I create offer or you create offer. Uh, we meet each other on, on a platform. Let's say you have a, an offer. You're fine to lend me 1000 USDT on a liquid. And um, I go to the platform. I see your offer. I'm fine with your conditions like paying you 1% interest per month. 
uh, we create a contract. Uh, upon the creation of the contract, HODL, HODL generates a unique multi-signature escrow on a public Bitcoin blockchain with three signatures. One goes to lender, one to the buyer, and one to HODL, HODL. Now, uh, I as a buyer see that this escrow was created. I send my Bitcoin as a collateral to this uh, multi-signature escrow. Uh, when the collateral is there, HODL, HODL informs both parties that, uh, hey guys, everything is good, collateral is there, you are good to transfer me liquid tether. You transfer me liquid tether, click on the button, I transfer the liquid tether, the contract is automatically goes to the uh, status of uh, being in progress, and then after one month, I return you your liquid tether with your interest and you release Bitcoins from collateral to my wallet back. That's how it works. So because we're non-custodial, obviously you don't need to go through the KYC. All the lending and borrowing process goes through the through both parties like peer-to-peer -peer, and that's how it works. And how do you guys do conflict resolution? Like if somebody doesn't release their Bitcoin, you're there to sign. Uh, well, uh, the cool thing about this product is that we only use stable coins and we can actually check the blockchain explorers of these stable coins. Uh, because each time you make a payment with stable coins, you need to upload the payment link that you did that payment particular. Like, for example, when you are paying me loan in USDT liquid, we ask you before you click on the button that I have made payment to to add a link to the Blockstream uh, blockchain explorer that shows that the that transfer was made. So we verify this and with stablecoin it's pretty easy to resolve all this dispute because everything is on the blockchain, whether it's Ethereum blockchain, whether it's Liquid blockchain, whether it's, I don't know, Throne or Omni blockchain, whatever. So. Um, yeah, that's how we verify this. And in case if, for example, after one month, I came back and I say, hey, Marty, I don't have money to return you your uh, loan. Uh, we just liquidate this, uh, this, 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 this uh, lending contract get liquidated and you will be repaid with Bitcoins uh, locked in this, in this collateral. So that's how it works. Mm -hmm. uh, Throughout the duration, of the loan as the price of Bitcoin. Oh, Max has a... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good. All good. No worries. Good. Sorry, I just closed the door. No, it's all good. Uh, throughout, throughout the duration of the loan, as the price of Bitcoin is fluctuating, uh, does the the borrower need to add or add collateral yeah, to, to the contract of, at all? Of course, we have a different options. You can add more to collateral because you have a certain LTV rate, ratio. If you go below a certain breach, or certain level of this LTV ratio, uh, not actually below the LTV ratio, but if, if it will go close to LTV ratio, then we will just liquidate you automatically. So uh, of course you can add more to your collateral in order to balance the LTV ratio. So you can send more Bitcoins to escrow. You can do a partial repayment of your loan. Let's say you don't have thousand liquid tether at the moment, but you have 200 or 300. So you can transfer this and say, I repaid. This will also balance your LTV ratio. Um, or you can just make an early repayment. Like you have this thousand uh, USDT and you want to return to make it uh, like repayment earlier. So, and there will be actually more flexible options in future, like repaying your loan partially with Bitcoin and with stable coins, for example. 
uh, and all different types of things. But uh, what you have now is H is basically MVP. Uh, so many more features are coming in. Great features, I would say. Uh, but yeah, at the moment there's three different options how to how to uh, not to be liquidated. <laughs> so on on March 12th, when we had uh, the price fall, that the drastic yeah. price fall, that's when a lot of people yeah. kind of learned how these products worked, right? Because their LTV <laughs> ratio yeah. was falling. Yeah. And they couldn't yeah. get Bitcoin into the services quick enough because fees spiked at the same yeah. time. So I was yeah. wondering, do you guys have any plan there? I mean, you have liquid have tether on the right side. Maybe yeah. liquid Bitcoin support would allow you to get past that fee pressure, right? Like if, if people could enter yeah, back the, in quick. The funny thing about, about the liquidation process that it's actually triggered automatically, but you still have 24 hours in order to resolve this issue so if you say like hey guys the mempool is full i'm going to send this payment i'm going to do this still the the support support manager can uh, like can resolve this dispute in favor of uh, the person who for example took uh like took money and, and took a took a loan so there's different options also the funny thing is that we we did actually pretty extensive market research as i mentioned most of our competitors, they sent two notifications like, hey, you will be liquidated soon. Hey, you're liquidated like this. <laughs> uh, we decided that we will send four different types of notifications, starting from like when you have still when you have some still like uh, pretty much amount above the LTV ratio and going lower and lower and lower. So we start early. And another thing that uh, Currently, at the moment, you can only the the maximum LTV can be seventy percent, and even during the March twelfth, uh, Bitcoin didn't uh, fall that much down. I think it was ten percent or fifteen percent. Still, it's like eighty-five. No, I think 15%. it fell like fifty percent or something. It was like fucking no, massive. No, the fifty. No, it was it was uh, th this fall was actually distributed to many days. It wasn't like in one day, you know, fifty percent fall down but i need to double check as well <laughs> but the maximum ltv that you can get is actually 70 percent so you still have 30 percent uh like buffer reserve let's say yeah but i guess but where yeah my question is so right now liquid bitcoin isn't supported right it's just on-chain no, bitcoin no no on-chain bitcoin how, do you have yeah. any consideration of adding liquid bitcoin since we already have liquid tether um yeah, we might think about it in the future, but um, yeah, it's it's always an option like liquid Bitcoin. Maybe there's RGB coming in, you know, right. with, with all this lightning assets issued. That might be an option as well. Uh, at the moment, we see that there's a demand for on-chain Bitcoin. And uh, actually, we already did our research as well for this 24 hours, the average LTV ratio actually now is 50%. So still a lot of uh, reserve there. But anyway, yeah, we are thinking about other assets, but now we just, what we want now to do is basically um, add some features that could be useful uh, for platform users. And then we will start thinking of adding new assets new stable coins and new maybe 
liquid Bitcoin or lightning Bitcoin, something like that. Who knows? So that's another question I have um, with with liquid tether. Liquid has confidential transactions, so you can't see yeah. the amount. How how yeah. are you confirming the liquid tether is being like the right amount of liquid tether is sent by the? It's actually confirmed by the borrower. He he confirms that uh, I've received everything fine. He like he manually clicks press. confirm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's two confirmations basically. One from the lender who sends this transaction. He just uploads this, and another one from borrower. And the contract doesn't initiate till both confirm or the agreement. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When they both agree. That makes sense. So I guess actually like the ERC-20, the, the Ethereum stable coins are, are kind of, are, are more verifiable, right? On your platform because yeah. you don't need, because <laughs> it's transparent. There's yeah. no confidential transaction. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. But we will see again. It's like, you, you, you never know. And uh, uh, again, I'm not like, so much against ethereum not like i'm going to build something on top of ethereum but okay the stable coins are definitely the use case for for ethereum which which is fine you know if we say that both fiat and altcoins are shit coins then uh, i would prefer having altcoins <laughs> because at least they they, they have some peer-to-peer -peer stuff and with fiat you always have a middleman well, yeah. most of the time it's a shit coin well, on a shit coin yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that brings up an interesting point, like the different trade-offs between the quote-unquote DeFi on Ethereum and yeah. the products that you're offering, uh, which I think are, would be interesting to dive into because I think the product that you're offering is uh, enough of a security trade-off that I'd be completely comfortable with it and actually yeah. probably more comfortable because of you guys, Hoddle Hoddle, being there as sort of like an ESCO arbitrator, uh, whereas some of the other... DeFi products on Ethereum or like automatic liquidation, like you don't even have the the four notifications or anything like that that you would get. Just... Yeah, there's like you know uh, we we've had the small beef yesterday on Twitter with a couple of uh, <laughs> Ethereum DeFi proponents and also in Telegram I had a beef. Well, okay, guys, uh, I, I did specifically mention in 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 all interviews and articles it's Bitcoin DeFi. It's not Ethereum DeFi, you know, you have a different story, you have a different tools, you have a different, it might be way more sophisticated in terms of doing very, very smart, smart contracts and doing, uh, you know, decentralized oracles and uh, governance and all that stuff. Okay, fine. I'm fine with that. Completely fine with that. Uh, and many of these solutions are actually great to, to watch and uh, to, to actually understand the idea behind them. I'm not against that. We learned a lot from them, but uh, the Bitcoin is a bit different stuff. I would say that there's, it's not like in Bitcoin, it's not DeFi, it's more like semi-DeFi. You still have some centralized governance or some centralized something points like Arbiter who came in. But again, I did my own research and many websites that are um, DeFi project aggregators on Ethereum, they say they actually list projects that are not DeFi at all. Uh, you know, like they have a central authorities behind the product. They can actually 
remove any country, ban Diplock for many user, do whatever they want. And many of these pro products actually works in the same way that HODL HODL works. Yet, when you say it's a Bitcoin DeFi, they, they, they become crazy and they say it's not a proper DeFi, you know, it's like, um, like I don't know, it doesn't work like this. And, and this is DeFi, this is not DeFi. So there's a Ministry of Truth who is offended somehow about that. <laughs> and they're crazy running around and saying like, hey, we have the, the true DeFi, you are not true DeFi. I'm fine with that, guys. You can call it just a like, non-custodial peer-to-peer lending fine with this naming i don't care about the names I'm, I'm i care about the results and about delivering good products uh, and actually that's the very valid point because many of uh, people who we talk with they say i'm fine with the not automatic automated liquidation where i can uh, for example maybe your oracle is wrong maybe uh, the exchange that you are taking price feed from hacked and the price of BTC or BTC versus USDT falls sharply there, but it's actually not true because the exchange was hacked. And then you have been liquidated because Oracle told you that it's liquidated. So I don't know. There's always a trade-offs. We are, of course, we are striving for proper decentralization and we, we most probably will add some features to increase decentralization of both of HODL HODL and both of landing platform. But anyway, it's different story, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to see them, these products growing in parallel and what will win out in the long run, like 500,000 or excuse me. Yeah. Half a million yeah. dollars worth of liquidity in one day is pretty impressive. And so yeah. you mentioned there that you plan on building in, uh, aspects to your products that that add to the de decentralization what what would those aspects look like well again we're we're looking to now for example we're taking price feed for your contract from most liquid exchanges like binance for example or coinbase or kraken depending on the stable coin uh we can we can change that to taking the price feed from decentralized oracles like now happens in Ethereum, for example, which I find is pretty logical and it's pretty good idea, to be honest. Um, now there's also in terms of uh, open sourcing the projects and doing doing stuff like that, there could be some ways of decentralization in, in like building that stuff. And again, uh, what Matt actually mentioned that uh, liquid BTC versus liquid Tether or RGB uh, we can actually remove completely us as a dispute resolutor and uh, leave it all up for users, you know, some kind of ways of doing this lending stuff, maybe without even involvement of HODL HODL. So who knows? I'm just, you know, we're just constantly exploring things and doing our own research, but hopefully we will become more and more decentralized. In any case, and actually, the funny thing about the Ethereum people uh, <laughs> is that I recently mm, like check it out. I'm I'm always for any type of conversation. I'm not so aggressive anymore as I was like two years ago. Uh, I'm completely for listening an opinion, but somehow I get a perception and a feeling that Ethereum community are becoming way more aggressive lately and um, 
they uh, they were accusing Bitcoin maximalists that they are very aggressive and not tolerate anyone else. They're actually not better now. And, and I think much worse uh, in many cases, because when you post something like, hey, guys, we did build that. We've been inspired by multiple DeFi developers globally. And they say, well, again, it's not true DeFi. Your DeFi is bad DeFi. It's not DeFi, it's CeFi and whatever. And I'm like, okay, guys, I, I won't spend my time anymore with you. Yeah, the whole DeFi, CeFi meme is a little exhausting. Yeah, it's like the, 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 these guys were like uh, screaming about the tribalism. Now they're like pure essence of the tribalism, to be honest. Like it's like I see where way more uh, tolerate, tolerant uh, Bitcoiners that accept other opinion uh, rather than uh, people who are uh, in Ethereum community. I don't know. Maybe that's just my perception. I could, I mean... Yeah, because there's there's definitely pockets of both sides, right? Yeah, uh, it's uh, everyone's a hypocrite. Yes, see you yeah. on the f I like to. Yeah. I just like to say, see you on the field. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, in, uh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. Did, when Ethereum was an upstart, like they were, you know, saying everyone be inclusive, and then once they got any kind of 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 market capitalization, of course, they started talking down on everyone else, right? Yes. Uh, it's yeah, it's nature. like. Yeah, it's it, it's funny to see how people who are getting, yeah, they have a successful products uh, and I'm pretty impressed by, by some of them, but uh, it's funny how, how people changing. Uh, I, I believe it's wrong, but again, it's just my single opinion. So I've been, I mean, both of us have been kind of, one of our things on this podcast is we kind of always shit on stable coins. And we say that they're not stable coins and that Bitcoin's our stable coin. But what's interesting here with this product, and I kind of wanted to highlight it, is, you know, you have two other products right now. You have predictions, but you have your main product is buying and selling. Um, yeah. And the main friction there with that product, from what I've heard, because it's not available in the U.S. yet, is, yeah. the, is the fiat side. So, yeah. so when you trade altcoins when you trade like Monero and Bitcoin with each other it works really well but if you do if yeah. you do the fiat side you have the risk of chargeback depending on which fiat yeah. is used so i think it's really yeah. interesting with this product you just said fuck it we're not going to support any traditional fiat we're just going to use all these different stable coins and let the user choose which which stable coin has the best trade offs for them um, that reduces a shit ton of friction and reduces a shit ton of risk. Do you guys have any intention of adding stablecoin support to your buy sell product? Uh, it's, it's actually already there. So we have payment methods uh, that you can go and choose and use stablecoin. So the same, like same way, you know, Bitcoin is locked in multisig and uh, the payment happens with uh, teaser or whatever. Oh, you do. Now oh, we awesome. Yeah, the, the idea, it's actually pretty easy to add a payment method. Uh, any user can do that by themselves. And uh, the idea about the stable coins is what uh, we want you to have as less frictions when you are uh, like interacting with, with your counterparty, whether it's lending or trading or whatever. And then it's up to you how you will solve the issue of, uh, you know, 
getting those stable coins into fiat. I would say, if we say like crypto or Bitcoin allows you to be your own bank, then as your own bank, you need to solve the issue of getting your stable coin into fiat if you need that. And that's it. We just want to remove frictions between two people like lender and borrower in this case and leave up to borrower and lender to do whatever they want to do with stable coins. Like, you know, it's just a payment method, but with less frictions. Yes. And I want to be clear, Matthew, uh, I, after having many conversations with people like Matt Alborg, <laughs> I think stable coins are inherently unstable in the long run, but I think they will play a, a sort of stepping stone bridge uh, role yeah. as we as we transition to a Bitcoin standard. And there's actually I now, uh, I know that there's stable coins built on top of RSK, which is uh, mm -hmm. Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin based, uh, I don't know, sidechain or, or language or whatever. Uh, the guys who did that, uh, they're from Latin America and they have a pretty interesting uh, like community out there and I think they're like the, the they're growing. Uh, they've already approached us. They want uh, us to list uh, their stable coin and uh, actual liquid as well. It, like you know, it sits on top of uh, it's a Bitcoin related product, and you have used it there, which is like a stable coin. Yes, based on Bitcoin. Well, yes, definitely worth of of checking in. Yes. Yeah, we had a uh, very interesting conversation with a developer by the name of uh, Adam Saltis last week who's very interested in Liquid, and we got uh, a good education around Liquid. I think Matt's a Liquid bull now. Well, I, I think your product here with Liquid Tether could be like the first big retail use case for Liquid. Yeah, and actually Adam yesterday already like shilled us to some extent on Twitter. He mentioned that we're doing this and the guys are supporting us and Blockstream is listed as our partners on, on, on the main page of landing and we are Liquid Federation members in the end. Uh, so yes, I, I, I think, yeah, I think uh, Liquid uh, Tether can be very much used. And I, I, I will tell, tell you one thing, which is an interesting fact, which I didn't disclose publicly, but actually uh, the first lending contract that we had was uh, liquid issued USDT versus Bitcoin. So, uh, like use cases there. I hope we will be able to help liquid and ourselves, of course, grow. Yeah, it's uh, again, it's going to be interesting seeing all these very similar projects on different protocols working in parallel. I've always been under the impression that. There's an order of operations to building out all these products, like a mm -hmm. Bitcoin based on proof of work, get the core protocol down, do as little as you need to on the core protocol, and then build these side chains, second layers like Lightning, third layers like RGB, uh, state change to, to scale up. And I think, uh, I think the second layer solutions are starting to surprise the market outside of Bitcoin to the upside as, as they become more fleshed out and more mature over time. Yeah, it definitely takes some time. And uh, I, I wouldn't expect that, uh, like 
one year, two years from the release, we will see, we, we, we see some huge improvements, but like guys are developing pretty awesome stuff, both lightning and liquid and RGB. So hopefully it will be huge success in the end. Yeah. So talking about these second layer solutions, particularly RGB and then for your predictions market, do you think about incorporating DLCs at all? Um, uh, I know that, uh, there's teams, teams who are doing this and developers who are doing this. We didn't research DLC because, uh, like last nine months we were like developing this landing product and, uh, took a lot of effort, but anyway, uh, it's DLC is really interesting. And uh, we might consider it in the future for our prediction market. But actually, the prediction market currently is um, underdeveloped by us because uh, we actually made a lot of mistakes when we released it year, oh, more than a year ago. Actually, we, we did a release when I was in the U.S., when we met each other in, 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 in winery. Uh, the case is uh, pretty simple. We, we didn't give much effort we just wanted to build a product and and see how it goes so we didn't put a lot of work in that in, in terms of you know sp spreading the news marketing and all that stuff and it's also in my personal opinion pretty bad in terms of ui ui ux but what we did uh we've actually three months ago we started redesigning predictions and hopefully by the beginning of 2021, we will release a new version of prediction, which will be in like several times better user-friendly. Uh, but this year actually allowed us to understand what are predictions valuable for, and they're only valuable for price discovery. So we had like hundreds of uh, different types of prediction contracts on the prediction platform. And 99% of them was just Bitcoin price prediction. Nobody cares about the political stuff. Nobody cares about sports event. Everyone only cares about the Bitcoin price. So we will, yeah, we will be focusing on, on uh, crypto price prediction. The platform will be very simple, very easy to use. And like, uh, it will be like a few clicks and you are ready with, to go with your prediction. But we will use multisig for now for a backend. Definitely multi-sig. And we will see how the DLC will evolve. Maybe we will uh, offer offer uh, DLC stuff. But to be honest, I would say to you both guys, I'm pretty skeptical about prediction markets in general. Like, you know, I, I, I don't think... Uh, maybe we're too early there. Maybe. Uh, but I don't think it's it's it, it will get huge traction in 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 like upcoming years. But maybe I'm wrong. Who I've, knows? I've been irrationally bullish about prediction markets for years now. Yeah, me I just too. Keep waiting me too, for them you know, to explode. I think like guys. Well, it's it's obviously you know you can make a price prediction. You can like uh, lock into a multi-sig escrow Bitcoin and you can get the, like more Bitcoin out of that if you're right, or you can hedge your risk with predictions, you know, uh, longing Bitcoin in your spot portfolio and then making price predictions, hedging the risk that Bitcoin will fall. Eventually that's a, that's a good uh, hedging uh, tool, but you know, only m me and a couple other people thinks that it's, 
thinks that uh, it's really bullish and there should be a market. Yet there's no market for that at the moment. Yeah, it's been a big meme in the space. Like Augur was very highly touted at some point. Um, yeah. I'm not a gambler, so it like, doesn't really interest me at all. And, and and actually, I know personally from a couple of VCs and from 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 other pro projects that I follow that there has been a multiple prediction like platforms or projects uh, in in couple of last years, and most of them actually failed because like they don't get they don't get the proper traction. That's it. That'll be uh. But there has to be demand because online gambling is fucking massive. Like a, a, a sports betting website is essentially a prediction market. It's just, you know, centralized and narrow focused. Yeah, the, yeah, but again, you need to put a lot of effort towards UI, UX yeah. and uh, multiples, uh, multiple companies and projects forget about that. They think like, hey, Bitcoin is awesome. Let's build some mumbo jumbo on top of Bitcoin. Everyone will use it because Bitcoin is awesome. And doesn't work like that way. You need to simplify stuff, like so. My grandpa, uh, grandma can use that, or or anyone else, like, whatever. But you need to put a lot of effort to UI UX, like really a lot. Like I would say, like the two most successful Bitcoin prediction markets are like Bitmax and like NitrogenSports.eu, which Nitrogen yeah, is sports betting, and Bitmax was no KYC price price speculation, right? Yeah, Bitmax definitely is, I think, for a long time, it will stay and will be uh, the most successful prediction market out there, although they say they're not prediction markets. Yeah, we'll see how the uh, the KYC being added to that affects their liquidity. Um, we actually, Matt, we forgot to mention that on RHR last night. We skipped that topic. Oh, the accelerating <laughs> KYC. Yeah, so. <laughs> Freaks, if you listen to RHR, we uh, we meant to warn you if you're using Bitmax, they're gonna ninja launch KYC on you. No, not it's still not ninja. You have you have till December fourth to withdraw your coin without KYC. No, I think I think fifth fifth of November, something like that. That's I for trading, no. but if you want to withdraw, you have okay. till the fourth of December. Not that anyone should wait that long, but still, that's okay. that's pretty good in terms of they have like the long dick of the law going after them, and they're giving you that much time. Yeah, so you've yeah, got we, we, twelve days. We actually have a pretty interesting idea about the lending platform, both new types of lending contracts. I won't disclose it uh, now because I don't understand until the end myself <laughs> how this stuff works. Uh, but Romo was pretty excited about that. He described it. He, he, it took him two days to describe this uh, new type of lending contracts to me. I, I, I still didn't understand that, but sounds awesome, you know. <laughs> How is our friend Roman doing? Ah, uh, he's doing fine. He's doing fine. All good with him. In, like again, a lot of work, and uh, he's doing his stuff. I'm doing my stuff. You know, yeah. yeah. Shilling products all over the places. So you said the uh, the addition of this collateralized lending product uh, helped you guys raise a Series A. Congratulations on yeah. that. Thank um, you. Thank you very much. What uh, what do you guys plan on doing with that? Are you going to hire more engineers, try to build out the team, or just focus? Uh, definite, definitely, we're going to hire more people, not only engineers, but also support members. And, uh, um, of course, the effort will be to, towards the engineering uh, 
like Unix, but also supports as well. And uh, we're going to use it actually to expand to new markets like US, for example. And uh, definitely going to spend uh, some money on marketing because you know, to like in uh, in three years since the the we we started appearing on the radar, we didn't spend. I think our market marketing expenses for past three years are below hundred bucks, something like that, or or holy crap, or. Or, or maybe below, okay, maybe below 1,000. Uh, because uh, obviously we we use the word of mouth. So people were just, you know, uh, like Matt, he's, he's been referring some people to us through the Twitter. It's the best uh, way. We it's the best marketing there is, the yeah, organic yeah, sales. Yeah, it's it's basically the best market. We've, we've actually spent a lot of money on developing products. And uh, now uh, we've, we've released the landing part we're still in process of redesigning the hodl hodl trading part we did 70% of our job this year we are still 30 we need like still 30% of hodl hodl trading platform need to be redesigned we already every everything is already in place we just need to complete all the stages and then we are going to redesign predictions and then most probably in my perception we will have uh, pretty good tools to to sell them and to onboard more people so definitely we're going to increase the technical capacity of our team but also we're going to spend some money to the marketing because you know you see big custodial lending platforms they're spending a lot of money on the marketing and uh, well they're getting back as well so definitely for this yeah no and i think another great marketing piece for you guys is the is the conference just the high yeah. quality the high quality yeah. of the conference and the yeah. word of mouth that comes after that it's an incredible two-day event yeah the, the conference is also of course it's it's like it's the only thing that we spend our budget on but uh, we also uh we also get a lot from that uh, but again comparing to like uh other like companies in the market block it's, it's just block like, does the exact opposite approach it's just massive yeah. amount of marketing spend yeah it's like just it's it's not so much money that we spend on conference yet we receive some some from the sponsorship packages that, that are there so also networking is very valuable so yeah it's it, it is as it is that conference is one of the best of the year every time it's Thank fantastic, you. fantastic fucking conference. Every all the freaks should try and make it out there, especially the European freaks, because it's uh, it's very cheap <laughs> to get to get over there. And and Latvia is beautiful. Yeah. yeah, and it's actually very cheap here in Latvia as well. So it's 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 not expensive at all. Yeah, we had like an eight person Bitcoiner steak dinner with everyone had a beer, and it cost like eighty bucks or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not so expensive. Yeah, and you, and you have that that good Brazilian. Uh, steakhouse right um the meat is delicious over there yeah it's, yeah uh, next next time i will tell you uh, i will i will uh take you to a latvian steakhouse here when well panda were were in this uh, was in the steakhouse he told that it's second best, best steak that he ate in his life it cost him 30 bucks <laughs> and i will, and i asked him what was the, the the best steak he told me that it was 
it was worth 300 bucks in New York, something like that. So, <laughs> me, like, price versus quality was a top top notch in Latvia. So, yeah. Hopefully next year I, I miss everyone and uh, like I want to ha- I want to like organize an event event again. But uh, yeah, crazy times, guys. You know, you never yeah. know. Yeah, um, keep pushing the products out. But let's let's talk a little bit more about your push into the U.S. Here, uh, the lending yeah. product should be made available to yeah. U.S. Uh, U- U.S. citizens in the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How how did you make this happen, particularly in like a non-custodial, no KYC way? Uh, we again, we're non-custodial. Uh, then we use only stable coins. We don't use fiat. So basically, we don't have any locations because we don't have any fiat. So fiat is always tied to certain location. You know, like uh, we don't have any location field. So obviously, being non-custodial, being no fiat and lending platform is good to go. Um, but uh, honestly, we've also uh, spoke with our legal represent- representative in US. He told us that actually uh, HODL HODL is also already can be presented to US market, but we're still waiting for some final approvals just to be sure 100% that we can go there. And he specifically mentioned that it's mostly because we're non-custodial and according to guidance since the release in US, we are exempt from doing uh, verification. But again, I, I read the CoinDesk uh, article yesterday about us launching the lending platform, and they asked another lawyer who mentioned that it's still like non, non-custodial tech and multi-signature uh, company, companies that uh, use multi-sigs. It's a bit of gray area, so regulators still don't understand how to work with this. But obviously, again, being non-custodial and being non-fiat is the way to go. Because again, most of DeFi solutions, like Uniswap and all other big companies that are working with US, doesn't care. Yeah. No, and I think, I think just launch it and like let it let it proliferate and make it hard <laughs> to regulate. Uh, yeah, so we're we're pretty excited, you know, and uh, just spoke with the team, and like in two weeks from now, we are going to let U.S. users to use lending, and actually, lending. Why U.S. It's also pretty important because uh, we researched the lending market, and most of the big companies, uh, again, as I mentioned, they're custodial and centralized. Uh, but they're from U.S. and they offer uh, lending services to U.S. citizens. Of course, they offer fiat, which is uh, why they're uh, why they do the KYC stuff and all that, all that mumbo jumbo. But uh, well, we will use stable coins. We will not offer buy or sell, but people will use stable coins. So hopefully, this will be a good alternative to people who don't want to go to through the KYC and all that stuff. Yeah. Well. Very pumped for you guys to, to get this product out there. And excited that you guys raised around and you're going to be uh, building out your product suite. Because Matt and I talk behind the scenes. Like, Hoddle Hoddle is like one of the coolest companies and doing some of the coolest stuff in the space. And you're just a small team in Latvia pushing out Welcome very high quality it. products. Thank you very much. But we actually had distributed team i'm the only yeah. one here <laughs> so most of the people are distributed globally and uh, like about the, this remote work you know i've been approached by 
when when this COVID stuff started, uh, Corona stuff started, I've been approached by CoinDesk. They asked me for a comment how the, how this Hodl Hodl deals with in this in these hard times. You know, back in the March, I think, or in the beginning of April, and I told them, well, guys, you'll be surprised, but we we've been removed since day one. <laughs> so for us, it's just another Tuesday, and uh, like we're working as as it was. So yeah. Hell yeah. Um, outside of what you guys are working on at Hoddle Hoddle, what what uh what else in the Bitcoin space, uh, whether it be at the protocol level, second layers, excites you or you're paying attention to right now? Um, I'm definitely paying attention to RGB because uh, I know team that works uh, with RGB. I know Giacomo pretty well. He was like. He's uh, inspired this project, and uh, I know like guys from Pandora who are developing this stuff, and other guys who are involved. And um, again, I'm not a technical person, so I still don't understand how this stuff works. But but uh, I, I, at least I, I saw what can be done with that, or theoretically what can be done with that, and I'm pretty excited about that. Um, can you jump and into? Also, uh, I, I, I don't. Un I don't understand technically how RGB works. To be honest, like I'm, I'm just guessing here. So you, if you want to discuss in, in details with me, that this will be most probably like you're speaking Chinese language and I'm speaking Russian. You know, we won't <laughs> understand each other. <laughs> so yeah, we're. I mostly follow RGB. I follow Liquid Lightning and uh, DLC as well. Uh, and I actually, honestly, uh, some hardcore Bitcoiners will hate me for that, but I also follow the DeFi space in other, uh, like particularly in Ethereum, I follow, I, f I follow this pretty closely. Uh, I'm not, never used any DeFi products at all. Uh, I'm too lazy for that, but I'm following them pretty closely. I like the marketing that they do. I like this uh, crazy stuff with uh, Japanese food kittens and all that weird, weird, freaky stuff. <laughs> I really like that unicorns. This, there's so much fun in there. But uh, like, yeah, I follow this as well. So, and of course, all the drama, you know, Bitmax and OKEx and all this. Every day is a drama. Every day is some kind of fight over the twitter which which is amazing for me it's never boring it's never boring never boring never boring always always funny yeah. uh what um all right matt you got any more questions before we wrap up here i think there's like five people that understand the specifics of rgb yeah yeah most probably i'm, I'm trying you know i'm trying to learn more I'm also actually uh, following a lot um, all the wallet developments now. There's so many cool wallets out there now. Okay. Really and, great uh, to see. And and again, there's always a drama between Wasabi and Samurai. You know, it's always <laughs> fight, never-ending story. You know, and um, I'm following this as well. Uh, all all the things around coin joins and and. Yeah, wallet is definitely wallets. Somehow, I I never understood how wallets are earning their money, uh, but then hey, Wasabi and Samurai coin joins. There, I think they earn enough money from that, and um, 
it's pretty interesting how how things will evolve uh, on that end. Um, yeah, and again, I'm, I'm also following uh, competitors, uh, like uh, at least competing. Uh, I wouldn't say competitors, but at least similar products that are there on Bitcoin, and um, yeah, that are built there. So that's why I do. On the topic of wallets, yeah. we should just touch on real quick uh, the HODL HODL integration into Blue Wallet. Do you want? Yeah, to, we uh... actually. Yeah, well, it's like Blue Wallet guys did amazing job. It's pretty easy. You can you can buy uh, you can basically stack sets through Blue Wallet. So the blue wallet is non-custodial. Hodl Hodl is non-custodial. So you basically can can you are not leaving blue wallet, uh, and you are like buying stacking sets through your wallet in a non-custodial way. And uh, what is great about that? Not many people know about it, but you can actually uh, link blue wallet with cold card. So blue wallet will be a watch only wallet and cold card will be your like basically cold storage. So you can use blue wallet as a trading terminal, buy some sets on HODL HODL and then transfer them directly to cold card, which is pretty amazing if you think about it. <laughs> so yeah, right. the blue wallet integration continues and we're about to uh, returning to landing platform We're we're going to be most probably first platform that will have api so you can you will be able to put a landing markets uh in hodl hodl to your wallet functionality or any other any awesome. website there is so uh we're going to build an api for for uh for the landing part as well and uh, yeah so integrations with blue wallet is, is an ongoing process uh, they did a pretty amazing job and we have a api life and uh, we're discussing now several other integration with other wallets hopefully at some point hodl hodl will become one of the main liquidity providers for non-custodial wallets out there uh, i did yesterday i spoke with uh, guys from other wallets uh, they're pretty excited about what we did with the lending part, and they they also want to integrate that. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty crazy how it's all coming together. Um, yeah, you know, non, yeah, like non-custodial buying, non-custodial storing, and uh, eventually you are in control of your funds. The way Bitcoin was meant to to be used, right? It's uh, yeah. yeah. I think there's an order of operations to all this, Freaks. It's going to take time, but slowly but surely, it seems to be coming together. Yeah, it's going to take time. And uh, my my honest opinion, and I know that many people will again say that I'm. It's not true. I, I I'm not. I'm not right in that in this case. But uh, I I don't think that at some point non-custodial trading in Bitcoin, particularly will surpass the custodial trading because you know there's a huge volumes on centralized exchanges and people still prefer to use that uh, most of the people don't understand uh, the case with giving your data to a third party you know they're fine with that uh, they tr there's a trade-off between you know keeping your privacy and having the opportunity to easily buy like from your payment card or whatever so I don't think that uh, 
we will see soon enough that non-custodial trading is actually becoming bigger on top of Bitcoin, becoming bigger than custodial. But uh, in case with lending, I do uh, I do believe and I do think that uh, non-custodial lending can beat custodial one because it's like it's still too early in that market and we still have chances. Interesting. No, and it, yeah, if anything, it just... It's good to have as an option the non-custodial buying and, tr- and selling, and then yeah, of course, of course, you know, yeah, in the lending market, especially if uh, people are able to spend the stable coins easier, uh, moving yeah. into the future makes a lot of sense. No, I mean, I think this yeah. lending is going to quickly become your biggest product. Like, I think you, <laughs> I think oh. you might have nailed something here, and I, and it's kind of funny because I didn't really think about it. But when, I, as soon as I saw the launch, I was like, damn, this makes a lot of sense. You know, it's like it, it, the funny thing about that is that, uh, w- again, returning to the fiat part, uh, we've had liquidity providers from, let's say, Asia or Eastern Europe who are saying, like, my market is too small for me. I want to go outside. I want to trade with people from Latin America, let's say, or Africa. And they are actually limited by fiat because uh, they are. There's no opportunity for, or it's very hard, for example, for a person from Russia or China to open a bank account or payment account somewhere in Europe and trade in euro. And here we're just eliminating the borders. Basically, you can you can lend money sitting in China to a guy who's who's borrowing from Brazil or you can do you can borrow money from uh, I don't know any anyone in the world and the funny thing that you only disclose your crypto address so basically stablecoins allows you to be to have as maximum zero KYC level as it as it possible at the moment in there so you don't disclose any banking details uh, to your counterparty, so it's pretty amazing because you, you remove the, the borders. You can lend and borrow from anyone in the world, not knowing who the person is. It's pretty insane, <laughs> and the kind of, it's better for the user at the end of the day too, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. And not- and also the great thing we don't decide what are the rates and what are the LTV ratio. It's it's pure market, you know. You go to the offer list, you see how people are putting their offers, what, are, what is the sentiment. Uh, I think the stable Bitcoin market is the bigger LTV ratio is there, the less uh, interest payments are here. The, the, the less stable Bitcoin market is, the smaller the LTV ratio is, uh, the bigger interest is there. So it's, it's like self-controlling platform, you know? It's like people are, market are deciding which are current conditions at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you'll find a a much more accurate interest rate in this scenario where the order book just arrives at at what the market deems the to get the best interest rate at the time, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah. Well I'm pumped for you guys. Thanks uh thanks for coming on and, and speaking with us about this product. Uh very excited to see you guys are growing your product suite you've raised around and you're going to continue building this out and uh, just very happy for you guys in general 
Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure for me to speak with you, actually. And uh, inter I, I hope we will be able to do this in, in real life, like in mid-space, as they say. So we, we will. We will. This isn't going to last forever. Don't worry. The feeling yeah. is mutual. We appreciate you. Yeah. 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 Matthew, cool. anything you want to wrap up with? Or? No? no, just I'm, I'm pumped for this. Uh, and I look forward to uh, sharing beer with you again soon. Okay, cool. Thank you very much. Like in two weeks, guys, hopefully, maybe a bit earlier, but you will be able to at least to check it out, you know. But you can go to the testnet now and check it out already, the testnet version. It's yeah. there, it's available. Very sleek. Again, the uh, the the investment in UI UX uh, has, is, is evident in this product. You can really tell. Cool. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Max. Appreciate it. Um, that's all we got today, freaks. Peace and love. Take care.